And now for another installment of Stream Theater. Yeah, nice that and tight. Well. Yeah, nice and tight. Well. Yeah, let's yeah, fucking do right. this. Nice and tight. We are professionals. We are professionals. We are here. <laughs> to do the French, the theory. French champagne. Right. <laughs> professional podcasts. We, <laughs> there are many, uh, they say. Uh, there is one particular podcast on which uh, the three finest uh, people do a dissection of streaming things. Or, that or, was nothing. That was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I love it. I love uh, it. <laughs> Fuck it. Keep it. God damn. <laughs> Orson, 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 Orson. Are you awake? Uh, I told you Matt to not dig his body up and reanimate him. Uh, <laughs> he's not even drunk. He's just decomposed. He's just decomposed. Uh, the French <laughs> Yeah, Instead of brains, he just really wants to do a champagne commercial. He actually, yeah. I mean, that that actually makes sense. Instead of brains, Orson Welles would just go for more of that sweet, sweet California champagne. Right. That, yep. They like brains. He's uh, like, no champagne. No, I do not want the brains. Give me champagne. <laughs> champagne. <laughs> Fermented in the bottle. <laughs> Oh, this was a weird episode of Walking Dead. Oh, man. Folks, my name's Ian. My name's Ben. Oh, shit, I'm Matt. <laughs> And if you're tuning in, you already know what time it is. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. This is Stream Theory. What we're going to do, uh, I'm going to give you a quick little breakdown. We look at some sort of streaming property through our patented lens of the good, the bad, and the remake. Collectively, we crowdsource things that we like about a streaming property and the good. Then we have to concede that no art is perfect. So even sometimes if we have to be a little nitpicky, we scooch on over to the bad. And finally, we all recognize that uh, Hollywood is going to recycle these stories and their tropes uh, in the coming five to ten years. And so after we've talked about how a piece of art could uh, uh might have some shortcomings we go ahead and get down and dirty in the ideas sandbox as we do the remake and at the end of it all we go ahead and give shit a rating because that's how we chose to assign value in this it's our it's our podcast okay mm -hmm. listen hey this is we do this for free this is our podcast <laughs> and so we rate it five ways and uh the the top tier being a must watch it's self-explanatory go fucking watch it it's important uh but beneath that at our fourth tier you have it's on the list what's that mean it's good but you know there's a must watch in front of it uh, at the mid link tier you have something for the background it's inoffensive you can put it on and your cat's not going to get any wrong ideas uh and then if you scooch on down just a little bit to the lower tiers you find i would rather wherein we your host have to say something awful we'd rather do than watch said streaming property again and god at the very just bottom the absolute dankest 
darkest, moistest reaches of a hamper that got left out in the rain. Mm, jeez. And then it was forgotten about for like three days after the fact. And it never really dried up. It was kind of near a puddle the whole time. Mm. But someone's got to take care of this hamper. Well, that that's the kissing booth. Mm. And uh, it's a very flowery metaphor to say that uh, there is little to be done to match such an eldritch horror of a, of a film. And uh, until we find a worse one, that's our that's our lowest ranking. Uh, it's morning and coffee is kicking in. Hey, what are we doing? All right. So today we are reviewing uh, for Throwback Thursday, Citizen Kane, the classic, the movie that has been revered as the best movie of all time. Us three chuckleheads are going to fucking talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So uh, Citizen Kane came out in 1941. It was released by RKO Pictures. It was produced, directed, and starred the infamous, the famous, the incomparable Orson Welles. Uh, It also starred Joseph Cotton, William Allen, Ray Collins, Paul Stewart, Harry Shannon, Dorothy Cummingmore, Agnes Moorhead. Hey, Dorothy, I see you. Yeah. Dorothy. Buddy Swan. God, they do it by order of appearance, which is just the worst possible way to... (laughs) For us. For us, it's the worst possible way. For us, yeah. I was about to say, it does away with all the vanity, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it definitely does away with all the vanity, because, you know, uh, Orson Welles was such a humble fucking man. <laughs> uh, shit. Okay, it was written by Herman J. Mankiewicz and Orson Welles, uh, and the cinematographer was... Let's see. Greg Greg Tolland. Oh, and the music was by one of the greats, Bernard Herrmann, one of the most influential uh, film scorers of all time. He's like in the top five. He did Hmm. Psycho, amongst other things. He's incredibly, incredibly important. um, And he lent his genius to this as well. So the story of Citizen Kane is as follows. Following the death of publishing tycoon Charles Foster Kane, reporters scramble to uncover the meaning of his final utterance, Rosebud. All right, let's dive into the goods. Let's fucking pick apart Citizen Kane, everybody. Let's goddamn do it. Oh my God, everything's falling apart. Oh my God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. We are qualified for this. (laughs) Oh my God. trained. (laughs) Oh my god. All right. God, what a fucking That shit that's show. just Orson from the grave being like, "You three are doing mine?" Right. How dare you? How dare you? Where is my tithe of champagne? Fuck, dude. All right. Uh if y'all also by the way, that bit in the beginning that wasn't us just like going crazy. There is one of the funniest things on earth. Uh, it was a commercial from an older Orson Welles in which he did a commercial for a California champagne in which he is, I'm going to say, too drunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think possibly a little too drunk. He's, it's so fucking funny. Go watch it right now and then <laughs> come back and listen to us. It's so good. All right. Uh, who wants to start with the goods? Who wants to take it off? I'll do it. Oh yeah, um, please. Do it fucking too. Orson Welles. <laughs> uh, honestly, some of the best acting I've seen. I'm surprised he didn't win an Oscar. We we were talking about this off the air, uh, off the rec- off the record about how it sh- perhaps was just uh, too ahead of its time. The man is relaxed, mm-hmm. and 
not only is he relaxed, but does he play the age? He he's what three several different ages. He he progresses uh, age wise as uh, as the story goes along, and he just is in his body. He's listening well. He's he's just in the moment, and you didn't really see. This is 1941. You didn't see too many performances like this because um, mm-hmm. the style wasn't so much like, um, as far as acting is concerned, was 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 about listening. It was more about show. It was very showy and very stage like, um, presentational, presentational. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he did something that was just like blew my mind because that performance now holds up to any performance I've seen ever. That's how good it, it is. It, part of it is his like he had this effortless charm yeah, he did. that I also didn't necessarily expect mm-hmm. to uh, be as mesmerized with. He's also you very know? attractive. He, this, this is a handsome man. So, it's so funny. Anne was like, yo, he's pretty hot. <laughs> I was like, no, yeah, he is. No, he's pretty hot. Oh, yeah. Good looking, he's a good looking dude. But, yeah, uh, he was. Yeah, just... Fucking just, just a beat of great. thirst. Did anyone else just feel that palpable beat of thirst <laughs> right, yeah. in the room? Right, yeah. Right. I, I just figured we could not address it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yes, no, he, it, like, I am curious who he trained with because I don't think that he, like, there were aspect of aspects of his techniques that made me think of, like, Meisner, kind of, you know? Just, like, yeah. the absolute, like... But I'm also not sure if Meisner was around at that I point. I don't think... Well. I mean, this is 1941, right? Like, yeah. Because the, one of the... This dude was a babe. Oh, he was born 1905, actually, Meisner. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he could definitely have been around and had... Um, yeah, one of the, the more, like, notable... Uh, acting choices that we see that's kind of reminiscent of that style i'll say this for the lack of the words coming to me uh, the realist the natural approach which i hate saying but that's where i'm gonna go with right now um is what streetcar named desire right we can say uh yeah marlon brando marlon brando was one of the first to like to do it but this was 10 years after <laughs> Citizen Kane. This is 1951. Citizen Kane was done in 1941. So, like, it's just so interesting to see. It's so fascinating. Because everyone else, he's just, he's acting circles around everyone in this motherfucker. It's not even fair. Like, uh... Jeez, and it, it's funny because you do feel a little bit of that lag at times. Lag is not the right word. But you do recognize that, like... There are some folks in scenes with him who just, they, they hold their own in their own regard. Like, I think everyone, even the more presentational performances here, hold up relatively well they in do. comparison to their peers. But, like, yeah, it's like night and day watching some of the scenes that he is in. Yeah. As soon as as soon as soon you see adult Olsen, uh, Orson, or adult, adult Kane, you're just like, immediately I'm invested, right? Because um, at first, mm-hmm. the first that little introduction, I was like, ah, uh, this is... I don't know if I'm gonna like this. It's a little too much. Like, it's a, like I appreciate the exposition, but I don't need it. Um, I'm glad they did give it to me because I did need it. But um, <laughs> in in my brain, you know, when I first see it, I I have ADHD. If you don't know me, hey, how you doing? So it's kind of hard to keep me invested. So that first little five minute, or it's more like what ten minutes almost of them just explaining what happened and how we get to this point and where we are now and what's going on and all these metaphors. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, this is great, cool. And then you see fucking Orson as fucking Kane, and I'm just like, whoa. As soon as he opened his mouth, I'm like, all right, I can put my phone down now. Whatever you doing. <laughs> I got, like, I, there's every once in a while I would kind of like, you know, because it's the nature of these old films. Sometimes you're like, okay, I don't know. Um, but when he's on screen, I can't take my eyes off him. Just eating the whole scenery. Fucking fantastic. I don't mm-hmm. think you understand. One of the best performances I've ever seen in my life. Um, 
uh, in all honesty. Very Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also want to say to to the like kind of to uh to to flesh out our goods, I also think the music is very good. And mm. I I it was also nice to watch this so soon after seeing Mank mm-hmm. and sort of hearing the where Mank pulled from in this. You know, mm-hmm. that a lot of Manx stuff was actually sort of a, a it was like Manx's biggest homage to Citizen Kane actually seemed to be to Bernard Herman, which mm-hmm. was really cool um, mm-hmm. and mm. sort of helped the tie music, them sure. together, um, which is honestly a good for both of them. I mean, the music of Manx was was exceptional in its own right, but also knowing that it was it was also sort of woven into the 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 spirit and feel of Citizen Kane was very cool. Um, I enjoyed the music of this immensely. It's you know it's that older music thing where it's a big score and it's very like you know heavy and bombastic. Um, but I I thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. I thought it was a, a it was a good listen. Oh, um, hell yeah. It was very good. Also, dude, okay, the fucking lighting in this movie, mm, the usage mm-hmm. of darkness in this mm-hmm. movie is just so great. Just the number of times where there are people who are talking to each other and both of them are totally silhouetted. Mm-hmm. And and it's intentional and it's dynamic and it is it is really good. The cinematography is really good. And this is, you know, lacking a lot of the sort of, say, Fincher-esque subtle qualities. And yet, it still holds up on its yeah, own. The motherfuckers were doing something that no movie was I doing. mean, they were on something. They tapped into something real yeah, good. Yeah, a lot of those movements, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I really surprised. I was like, surprised. I was like, that. Some a lot well, of directors can't get this shit right now. Uh, a lot of cinematographers can't is, get this shit now. <laughs> like, this is this is a huge credit right? to Greg Toland, who yeah. like was so innovative, the cinematographer, because mm-hmm. he he did and pioneered and just came up with so much of this. Apparently, this was one of the first films to use like really deep focus, mm. and so we got a lot of those really cool compositions where like you had just a bunch of people Mm -hmm. in a frame together talking and you saw like the personal dynamics shift, not through cuts, but just like through the shape that they were making, whether they were large or small in frame. One of the classic Mm -hmm. examples of that, Mm -hmm. there are two off the bat from the beginning of the film that I can think about. The first one is in the opening scene in which they are in the, uh, the little boarding house in Colorado, I think. Right. And they're talking about how they've he's just come into a bunch of money and he will be rich for the rest of his life. And he is still a boy, still a young boy. He's not a part of this conversation. He's outside through the window. And there's the, there's the banker and the mother talking and they're on the mm. same level. And the father's in the background and you see more of him. You see his posture. You see his sort of slumped helplessness and the mother is very still and very powerful she has all the control the banker is matching her because he is the one who is 
you know, they are on equal footing. The dad sort of paces and moves back and forth in frame as if he is trying to get to their level, but he can't. And all the while, in the background, you have a young child, the focus of this entire scene, what they are talking about, playing in the snow. It is such a good shot. And the fact that it was one of the... I didn't even expect to get that excited about this shot. This shot's so fucking good. Um, it was really stellar. Yeah. And there, I, I... there are thousands like this in this movie. <laughs> it's just full of that and shit. And that's my point. This is why I wanted to take a minute to shout out Greg Toland, because he truly did help revolutionize cinema with this film. And it was, in fact, the first time, because we did some research together, uh, th- it was the first time that a cinematographer ever got uh, as high a billing as the director. Mm. And that was a, a decision on Wells's part where he said, the man who's responsible for this film, the way this film looks, should be valued. Because before this, camera cinematographers were just another like cog in the machine. They were like jockeys. Well, and also before mm-hmm. this, so much of it was this sort of like stage play thing. You have the two actors who are standing in the frame equal and they talk and everything feels very flat you know it feels very much mm-hmm. like you could just be filming a scene in a in a film unless there are action shots in which case you get more of that dynamic but to have dramatic scenes with like motion ebb and flow and the shapes that they're making it's just yeah it is it's, um yeah, this was pretty phenomenal this is something i didn't appreciate when i saw it when i was younger and I appreciate well, and it now. There's a there's a cause there's a fantastic blend of film in stage in this film. Right. I think mm-hmm. uh like there were a lot of moments where it did very much have that old timey sort of theatrical feeling to the scenes. And then there were other it, there were other moments that felt incredibly cinematic, if not a little bit dated, but that's because, you know, it's I mean it is dated. It was made old. in nineteen forty one. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't shock the uh, audience too much. It can be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like yes. the first time that those people saw the fucking was it I, I don't know if this is legend or not. Like a like a myth or not, but like I seem to remember in the course of film history, one of the first films ever shown in theaters was of a train approaching the camera, and people freaked the fuck out because they thought a train was coming at them. So, so that is, um, yeah, I'm not sure if that's apocryphal. I heard that as well in film school. I don't know if it's true. Uh, it's possibly true, but... Oh, well, fine, possible. we're not like, journalists. Least, Maybe take f- it or leave it, listen. Yeah, I love right. you. At least a few <laughs> people probably were freaked out. I'm hey, can I, can I just say, true. actually, saying it may or may not be true is more work than a lot of journalists do these days, so... That is true. Ooh. <laughs> There's a couple of news organizations I like to have a couple of words with. Absolutely. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of news, Citizen Kane. Um, yeah. Right, jeez, right. How topical is this shit? Uh, Jesus so the composition, be... oh, the sorry, cinematography, the music, Orson mm. Welles. What else are we looking at here, folks? We got so much to I will here. say the editing. We have to talk about it. The... There's this one Please. scene that stuck out to me that, uh, again, a lot of fucking editors don't do this shit today. This, it, it, everything is motivated, which is really fucking cool. And this was, um, let me look up the character's name. I believe this was a flashback with Leland. Um, it was a flashback with Leland, and he's talking about one of, um, I think it was his second wife, Kane's second wife. And there's yes. a moment where he's in, um, he's right of, I guess, our right, my right of frame, um, whatever. He's right of frame. And, um, mm-hmm. He's like sitting there, he's rocking, and he's like, he has, you know, he's doing his little smoking his little cigarette. 
and his, his, his head is fading as it comes up on the next scene. And he's still talking, mm. and the scene is on the left mm -hmm. of him, and he's still there. And I'm looking like, yo, that's sick as fuck. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's a, that's pretty slick. Like, Their transitions, slick. yes, yes. That that really that that one. I was like, and I, I had to go back and, and rewatch a couple more scenes because I was like, oh, hold on, they're doing a lot more with these transitions than I think they are. Oh um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, also, one of my one of my favorite fucking transitions is the scene where uh, they're talking about how his second wife left him, and there's just suddenly a scream, and it's mm. from a parrot, and mm. and the the parrot's like in shot, and then something else happens. But there's just like the only reason that that was put in is basically, as far as I can tell, to just be like, wake up, like like, just like <laughs> dude, they just like because it sounds almost like a woman's screaming it's like so jarring and you're like uh and then th has like the next scene after that is when uh she goes and then he trashes the room which is such good physical acting because he is like playing a man in his late 60s maybe 70s and he trashes a room as an old man and his physical mm -hmm. like the way he moves the stiffness in his body all of it it's so good it's so good he is he was such a good physical actor but that transition is great because i had started to like tune out a bit this is like the fifth time i've seen this movie and mm -hmm. i've forgotten about that moment and then all of a sudden there's just like a Wah! and i was just like shit all right i'm back all right orson you win you win you win okay i'm here i'm present i'm here <laughs> like, go and keep him with the parrot yeah wilson we're losing him around page 60 what do we do have we thrown in a parrot yeah. yet right yeah. bring out the parrot <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it was like a fucking jump scare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it yeah, was yeah. just like, as far as I could tell, it was just put in to be like, Ahem! are you still paying attention? What's the yeah, runtime of this movie? Is this, this movie it's two almost, and a half? It's, it's almost two hours. It's not fully two. I think it's, it's not fully. I think it's yeah, I think one it's, minute, 15, not one minute, one hour, it's 59. one hour, 59 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 This movie is actually a lot shorter. I, for some reason, I thought this movie was going to be like three hours long. And well, it's not it has, it, it's cause it covers an entire goddamn life. And it does so effectively mm. too. Like yeah. again, something that oh, thank people you. don't do today. That's that's something that I wanted to talk about, yeah. and this was, a, again, a credit to Greg Tolan. The montages in this film, the way that they show passage of time, mm -hmm. so effortlessly. Mm -hmm. Like, they make these huge leaps in time at certain points, uh, be it forward or backward, and not a once did I feel jarred or lost. Mm. Uh, I, one that comes to mind specifically is sort of uh, Orson Welles <clears throat> uh, uh, and his first wife and the, the table sequence. Mm. Like, to so effectively, in like, what, three to five minutes, mm -hmm. show the entire trajectory of two people in a marriage as it, like, sort of oh, yeah, was a good like, one. starts, a good starts one. fondly and then grows cold. <laughs> so good. You, mm -hmm. you, they told a better story in that like three to five minutes slate, because they were like they were like, listen, we need to figure out what happens with this first wife. Okay, great, let's take five minutes of this film and let's fucking knock it out of the park. They do more with that five minute story than a lot of like hour and a half Hollywood films do today. Like, yeah, yeah, learn a thing and, and that's again uh, uh, like the jigsaw puzzle piece was a it was another uh, transition at some point. I forget how, but mm -hmm. at some point that was another sort of montage of time. They are so slick at showing the passage of time that they are able to cover a seeming entire life 
in two hours. And yeah. this movie does feel a lot longer than two hours, and not in a bad way, like not yeah. in like a I'm bored, when will it end, oh God, kill me sort of no. way. But like in a, they just they just cram it in. There's not a wasted beat in this whole movie. No, so it's so not fascinating. It it does not bore me. It 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 hits. It yeah. hits. It it it. Uh, which is something a lot of those movies back in the day just didn't. They can't captivate me like this one had the ability to do. And it's because they cram so much in there, and it it doesn't overstay its welcome. Yet it does tell so much. It's so yeah, much dude. being said, and it's also because of the camera movement too. Is they're not. Too many stationary um, shots are not anything dynamic going on in the scene. Sometimes exactly. a lot of those movies are just like set up the camera and just let them talk. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm done after yeah. an hour. Yeah. Um, so, oh, um, the makeup. The, <laughs> Jesus, yeah, the, mm, the old yeah. age makeup is is I, exemplary. I, I, this is one thing that because Anne would come in and out uh, watching this, and she she looks like, damn, he he definitely looks old. He's not as attractive as he was, and I was like, yeah, that makeup's really good. I was like, that again, not too many artists can do that. It's hard to make someone mm. look old like that, and it's just it just is without it looking fucking cheesy and 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 wild. But he picks up weight. His Hairline recedes. The, the, the very couple of last shots too, when you see a really good close up on his face, how he's old and just like run down, and and he says Rosebud, and he's walking out like just looking at him. I paused it. I was like, can I see any blemishes? Can it, is it like fucked up? No, that that's totally good makeup. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And they do different ages too of eight, like of uh, of older age, middle age to like older. Like it's that's mm-hmm. that's hard to do with not as much time passing to make it seem definite definitive this is him young this is him middle age this is him closer to the end that's that's difficult be, to be able to tell the difference between those two that's, that's yeah. amazing yeah yeah god i also yeah. think one of the reasons that this film holds our attention so much is because and this is going back to to link this in with mank the themes of this movie are exceptional because this is a movie about a young man with principles Someone that you want to be a hero, someone that you want to idolize and connect with, right? Because we want to connect with our main characters. We want to, like, invest in them. And he loses his ideology. He loses his way. He loses his inner truth. And that's a big part of it. And you see this guy who was supposed to be the hero, supposed to be the savior, Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. become... Like, just the richest man who does nothing with all his riches. Like, it's, it's so funny because it ends on a bleak note, and but the music is like, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like, yo, they, they kind of like gaslight you a little bit, which may be intentional, but I was just like, holy shit, why is this music so happy? <laughs> I think that's just like, I, like, I think I that is part inside. of the. <laughs> I think that's part of a relic of the past where it's like, yeah. and the story's been resolved. I yeah. like, I feel empty. Uh, especially <laughs> because it's like that fine, you know, the final shot, right? And it's this big, like, sonorous, heavy music. And there's like the black smoke, and you're just like, yeah. fuck. And then it's like, yata da da ba ba Starring. It closes in on a no trespassing sign. Yeah. Right, on like, a no trespassing like, yeah, sign. unfriendly shit you could have. Oh, man. <laughs> That's I just feel like he, at that point he was funny. just like, I'm not, I'm not writing about anything that. else. <laughs> He's like, I'm not writing anything else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you reuse it. I'm not writing anything. 
it's fucking it's so it's so good. It's brilliant. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, should damn. we try to tackle some bads? Uh, yeah, I I actually I have a big bad. Okay, um, absolutely. Oh yeah, I I have a big bad, and this is something that the first time that Angie and I watched this, um, we had a long conversation about this, which is that all of the scenes of emotional, all of the emotional turns, all of the scenes of emotional growth, those like pivotal moments, are actually scenes in which somebody else tells him something about himself. All of these scenes in which there's this like big pivotal moment is just someone saying, you know what your problem is, Kane? You know who you are? This is who you are. And 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 I think that it would be better. It's like it's just a lot of tell don't show. Mm. And I feel mm. like that is probably a little bit of the product for the times probably a little bit of the fact that the RKO was a radio station. And so you can't, uh, you know, there's, there's also that to be taken into account, but I do feel that there's just like a little bit, like just a little bit too much of people telling Kane something about himself, as opposed to Kane realizing something about himself or having his actions stand more for themselves. You know, like on their own, having the mm-hmm. actions because actions speak louder than words. You must show, not tell. And there's a lot sure. of tell. That's mine. <laughs> That's what I got. Uh, yeah. I, I could, uh, yeah, I understand that. I think that that is entirely valid. And that act honestly probably ties in a little bit to like uh, one of the only critiques that I could think of. And I, I chalked this up to be it being a product of its time and it trying to it already breaking so many boundaries. I don't hold it as that serious. Like. There's a little bit of air at certain moments. Like, I think mm-hmm. you could shave, like, three to five minutes off of this film. Agreed. Uh, uh, Agreed. Some of it being in uh, a notable sequence, for me at least, I feel like being the... Uh, there, there's, like, a really long sort of musical dance sequence when Kane first uh, gets all of the editors over from his competing his competitor... Uh, and he brings all their editors and journalists over to uh, the Enquirer. There's like that five to six minute long song. And that's not the only example, but that's one of the prime examples where I'm like, if this were a modern day movie, uh, the producer or someone would have been like, great. I see why it's vital to the story. Cut cut it down by like half. Yeah. It, tell that story in half the time right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are a few other instances, so I, I think maybe more of that show-don't-tell could have uh, been the remedy to what mine was, so I just wanted to tie that in. So I'll add to that, the scene with Susan, um, some of her scenes, I didn't quite, I thought went on too long. They were a bit long enough to the opera thing, um, with the especially with the, um, mm, the yeah. opera instructor who was doing the most... Like, oh, he was kind of delightful. He is delightful. He's like, I understood his pain and frustrations. Um, he is fun, but I think I'm not so much his performance, but just it was too long. I didn't need the whole. Do you want to know? Yeah, (laughs) you want to know this motherfucker's real name? What is it? Yes, Fortunio Bonanova. Oh man, and here, oh man, and here I was being like, that is just he's such a stereotype of an Italian man. He's actually just an Italian man. He's just an Italian man. (laughs) He's actually a Spanish man, Spanish-born Josep Luis Mole. Studied music in Madrid. 
Oh my oh, god. Okay. That's funny. Um God. He's great but, though. But I do think that you could cut like a little bit. You could cut a little bit from Oh, those. from that whole singing escapade? Yes. Yeah, 100%. I was like we don't need to get that. honestly we didn't need that much of that period. Um I understood has- I understood it and I understood how they were using that to again sort of show how they pay a lot of attention to how like marriage is sour <laughs> in this film. Yes. Yeah, they really like, do. <laughs> uh and so like again, I understood that they were trying to give uh, Susan, her due diligence, but I I also agree that that was just it ends up being a slog at a certain point, and maybe it's supposed to I don't know, but like I think there's a more artful way to do that. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and maybe the turning point where <laughs> there's probably a better way to go about the infidelity scene too. Um, that might just be a mm. opinion. I feel like there could have been more of us because it happened, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, I was like, all right, well. And maybe it's just because we become jaded because that wouldn't ha- be a fucking issue nowadays. <laughs> like, it just, I have to, I have to look at the, oh, yeah, you slept with someone? Oh, you're the president. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah well, you slept with can, five, can we? Yeah. Can we just say, can I just say, though, if Joe Biden found out, was found out to be uh, somehow unfaithful, suddenly the Republicans would find their pearls to clutch again. Oh, absolutely. They would just be, this, is, this is a disgrace. He has, oh, he has yeah, ruined we, the American name. We have to impeach, impeach, impeach. <laughs> yeah, remember when, they, remember when they impeached Bill Clinton because he lied about getting a blowjob? Yeah. And then also in our lifetimes, fucking Donald Trump was the president for four hellish years. Hi, everybody. We're recording this on the day that Joseph Biden was inaugurated president. So fuck the last four years. Yeah, it's over. Geez. It's over, everybody. Uh, fuck. Now oh the real God. work begins. Yeah. Mm. We're going to retcon the last four years. No, we should <laughs> Please. We really, we really it was, a, fil- it was no, a filler <laughs> arc. It was a bad filler arc. It's a bad filler arc. Yeah, it's very bad. Uh, uh, it wasn't in the manga. We're gonna cut it. We got it. Because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I, uh, there could be a case for Bill Clinton to have been impeached. I know this is off the thing because he is abuse of power. It's really yeah, weird. I mean, lying under oath is bad. Lying in yeah, office yeah. is bad. But also. Let's just compare the two, shall we? There he is. I'm, I know. it's so. <laughs> and some of those congressmen just were in the fucking Congress at the time. It's mm-hmm. just it's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, hypocrisy, which is uh, still kind of ties into his It name. does. So, I mean, it absolutely. It does. In fact, it's absolutely. one of the core themes. They right, do yeah. the whole <laughs> thing with the, with the fucking it. declaration. <laughs> and and but, he gets yeah, it handed w- back to him 20 years later. But with that scandal, I feel like that scandal, if it done, were done today, the build would have been there a lot more. Um, well, that's the thing so. is that because like the the standards, it's like the very idea that he would be alone with an unmarried woman is right. scandalous. That's Whereas not. now we're like, well, did he actually have sex with her or no? Like this is important. Right, it's important. Like, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and that's and that's a times thing. That that know? is really a times thing. That is really a subjective thing. Um could they have done it better then? Maybe, but this just again, like you said, just him in the room. Just that scene with him alone probably was risque anyway. They were like, oh my God. They, like, he's a married man. Why are you showing this on, uh, you know, 
in our movie theaters. Uh, I'm sure there was some backlash there by the uh, yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, here you know, I would love to see that. I guess if you go to the reboots, I would love to see that tension and that. I, I feel like. Should we go to the reboot? Is that okay? Or do you guys have any more bad? Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I feel like one bad we sort of touched on while we were talking about the goods is just the fact that, like, no one else is even close to matching him. Like, no one else is anywhere near bringing the heat that he did. And I'll say this. The, uh, she, the, the mother, uh, Absolutely. the politician that he's running against, actually... Yeah, I agree. I agree. I would I wouldn't go so far as to say nobody. Like I don't think anybody is as charismatic as he was, but uh it was really entertaining for me to see the credits and be like, "Oh, they studied at a theater?" Yeah, of course they did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's it's definitely like there are those who do like it's just it would have been nice if some of the bigger names like his you know like his his wives and also leland like leland is okay but Mm -hmm. in the does well he does well i in the the one scene where i'm like it's and it's hard to act drunk the scene where he's really drunk is like it's it's hard to act drunk it's hard to do it well but he's like really a little bit ham on that you know yeah yeah, um, but I mean, again, yeah. like these are, I, I feel like a lot of these are nitpicks in the face of, uh, our, our glowing <laughs> review in the goods. So let's move on to the remake. We're remaking, the three of us are remaking Citizen Kane. Here's you the thing heard about it, it here though. first, motherfuckers. Here's, here's the thing about it. I think it is due for a remake. I honestly think this is one of the mm. few things that I think. Who do you cast? I honestly, I will go and say that Kane himself needs to be a person of color, a black person of color. There's something oh, yeah. to be said about <clears throat> about kind of selling out, especially as a person of color, that that dynamic there, I think, I think would be strong. Who would I cast? Um, I would, Lakeith Stanfield, maybe. Jonathan Majors, maybe, depending on the type of Kane that you want. Um, do you want a strong, sure. more <clears throat> sturdier Kane? You go with Jonathan Majors. If you want someone who's more, you know, a little more mysterious, a little more laid back, you kind of curtail his character just a tad. You go with uh, Lakeith Sandfield. There are other. You can also go with, um, uh, let's say, a Viola Davis if you want it to gender swap it, um, uh, which would be interesting too. So I will say this: I would actually pick up the pace a little bit. Um, I do enjoy the the the, the of course because I enjoy this movie a lot. I enjoy the slow, deliberate, but yet still well paced uh, filming of this, which is it works because it builds really well. Honestly, would kick it up though. I would I, I would have Aaron Sorkin write the dialogue immediately. I would have the sure. fast on top as if because um, he's a journalist. So <clears throat> kind of reminds me of. I don't know if you guys have seen the newsroom about how mm-hmm. quick and witty that can be. Um, the first season is really good. The second, third are okay. Um, that kind of pacing, Westroom type of pacing. Um, almost, almost even like, I'm sorry, his girl Friday I always mess up. That is that his gal Friday. Yes, yeah, like his gal Friday. Uh, I'll kind of do a little bit more of that. Um, and then I would have that building tension around his um, his scandal. I would kind of emulate in that tension and that weirdness about is he going to be found out? What is um uh what's happening with kane how far is he going is he going to go down this path um the hypocrisy i would almost have i want that kind of tension from um uh 
uncut gems in that area. But not so much where it's like nauseating, but just enough to where he's like, oh, fuck. He got caught. This nigga got caught. He's <laughs> like, oh, it's like, uh, um, which is not the crux of the film. I get that. But it is a pivotal moment um, that I think I want to hit a little bit harder. Um, and I don't know who you cast for everyone else, but that's kind of, you keep the, the story pretty much the same. You just probably, I wouldn't make it period. I would just probably modernize it. Of course, I'll keep it in our time. Um, Kane doesn't have to be a, well, Kane could be a journalist. I mean, goddamn. Rupert like, let's, Murdoch. Just be, let's, let's just be I fucking mean, real. I mean, it yeah. fits. But you just do a Fox News. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, keep, keep it a journalist. You don't really have to change much. It's a, f don't change much. Just some of the dialogue, um, some of the pacing, I think. Uh, and you would, I would have Aaron Sorkin, um, I would have him adapt the script and maybe Ryan Coogler direct. Or maybe the Sat one of the Safety brothers. Yeah. I think that's pretty damn solid. Or maybe both. Yeah. Matt, how do you feel? <sighs> you look yeah. like you have thoughts of Bruin. I've just, yeah, I've just been thinking about the ramifications of a gender swap and thinking about how that plays out. And I, I kind of actually feel like if you did the gender swap, you could almost keep it at the level it's at, wherein, because, you know, because women are subjected to so much like the strictures surrounding infid infidelity mm -hmm. are so they are targeting women right um mm. and uh there's a sort of so there's that thing where it's like he's unfaithful maybe right mm -hmm. they don't mm -hmm. actually show anything and mm -hmm. and you could argue like well he didn't even do anything you like you can pretend that if you wanted you know, mm -hmm. in your own head. And I, I feel like that's something um, because I'm just yeah, thinking I, it, about. I, I, I like that, Matt, because it also is it's a lot harder on women if they get caught with infidelity. Uh, any type of that, that, that's. Yeah, I, I'm just mm, thinking yeah, about all a kind there. of. Yeah. Right. I'm just trying to think because, you know, nobody's nobody's experience is monolithic. Um, mm -hmm. And just thinking about all of the various ways in which that would affect the story. And I, I also just wonder, though, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be interesting. I think it I think, would. I think it would be, too, because, you know, also, at least from what I can ascertain, I'm not, of course, none of us are uh, experts on this, so caution. Um, but I feel like, especially being in a male-dominated um, profession anyway, just the amount of bullshit that one would have to go through, and especially in a uh, more capitalist slanted um, corporate uh, workplace, you, you gotta have to, you don't have to, but it's unfortunate people have to, especially women are uh, uh, femme-identifying folk, have to kind of play with the, you know, play in the muck. Be one of the one of the fellas, and uh, sometimes that involves selling out and and being maybe like hardcore about that, um, and that's unfortunate. But I feel like that's probably um, uh, something to, to explore. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, then you know, uh, the director changes, of course. Obviously, I would think that you would need uh, maybe Bigelow. Um, perhaps mm. um, would be very interesting. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take that point away from you. No, it's uh, okay. Matt, I, I'm I, rambling. I, I honestly, the thing is that, you know, you, you say that you think it's due for a remake. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it is. I mean, I, I think that it's, I, I think that there are themes like I would rather see something new that utilizes these themes than try than like want to see something that like because any 
thing that you make, any remake you make against of, of Citizen Kane is going to fail because it is one of the most revered movies, if not the most revered movie of all time. So to remake it would automatically shoot the remake in the foot. And I feel like the way to do it would be to like kind of make make a film that stands alone, totally separate, different name, different everything, and then make that film and then have someone when they watch it go, wait a minute, isn't this That's just Citizen Kane? Kane? And then you're like, I don't know, is it? And that, you I know- like- I get what you're saying. I think it is. I, you know, it is a per. It is what a lot of people think is a perfect film. I think it is due. I, I, I think it fits really well into the zeitgeist of, of us and today. I, I even want the name. I. This is why I think you push a filmmaker who is bold enough to be like, "Hey, you're you're gonna make." But it's only Citizen Kane in name alone, right? You switch it up. If you really, if if you really want to just like it's Citizen Kane, it is essentially the story. It has that core, those elements there. You set dress it differently. Um, again, this is why you know I would change the 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 color of Kane. Uh, maybe even the this the um gender of Kane, and maybe a lot of other uh, plot points. I get what you're saying though. It is. Yeah, terrifying I just I just think that if anyone put that forward, they would just be crucified on the altar of public opinion because it would be tough. It's such a I mean, it would be a Herculean undertaking to make a Citizen Kane that could stand up to Citizen Kane because Citizen Kane is more than Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane has become representative of good film, quote unquote, like Citizen Kane is in and of itself an icon. And I mean that in the truest sense of the of iconography. It has been imbued with more power than it holds. It is held up to the highest standards, to the point where it's a little bit scary even to say anything bad about it, because you're like, like I, I'm somebody's gonna yell at me, you know? And it, and that's because it would be like criticizing Jesus, where people are like, you can't say that, you can't say that. You know, and it's that same thing where I just think like, God, if you were to actually like I'm thinking in terms of not just in our like funny money sort of world in which we can just remake something. But like thinking about the ramifications of remaking Citizen Kane, oh, you would have to be willing to end your career, which is exactly what they were doing when they made Citizen Kane. It's true. Um, I I think it can be done. Um, I think it has to. But if if you if you make that film and it's not fucking amazing i mean amazing wrap it up throw throw it away throw out the digital get get the fucking tape and just toss it in the trash because it's not worth it and i mean but like it's i would just scrap it you lost money and say you know what guys we're canceling the production of citizen kane um i know it's supposed to come out next month but it it wasn't good enough and just be honest with the yeah. beep yeah it was a b movie and you can't make a b or even an eight mind this movie, it has to be stellar. I think there there I think there are creatives out there who who have been knocking it out of the park who could possibly do this. It is a risk. You will be in danger of losing your career. I mean, that's just it though. It's like it's so I think it's worth it. I would take the if I were if it personally for me, if somehow twenty years from now I've become an acclaimed director, which is a lot of work. Ben now needs to get on it if that's gonna happen. But this is say for the shits and giggles, I become an acclaimed director. I've had two to three films. People love them. I, I would be willing to do it. 
I, w- I would be courageous enough to be like, let's fucking go. Let's do it and make sure that I have a savings account and that I have my bills paid off um, and <laughs> make sure that I've invested yeah, yeah. in other things. Make sure the mortgage is like, taken care of. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make sure that I have invested. Maybe even have a shoe line or something to just fall back yeah. on. But yeah, I would. I would absolutely. Um, and then again, I'm just crazy. I'm I'm just crazy enough to just do do it though. I'm I'm, I'm one of them wild yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. I would I remake mean, the, Casablanca in a heartbeat if you give. The the problem is, it's like you're sort of damned if you do and damned if you don't because, right? Like, if you do something that's like totally different from Citizen Kane, they'll be like, "How could you know?" And that's they'll not like, "Citizen Kane, you just made it on the movie." Yeah, yeah, but then like, if you just if you do like something like fucking Gus Van Sant's shot for shot remake of Psycho, it's like, well, oh, fuck shit, you, garbage. Like, yeah. why? Why? That's this is pointless. This is as pointless. Like this is a fun exercise for you. Good to know. Sure. Why waste our fucking time with it? Because you know who did it better? The person who did it first. And we that's go, the go, like go that's the danger that you would encounter in remaking something that is just so fucking iconic. Like do you, God do you damn. has there been a movie that has been rebooted, a classic movie that's been rebooted that actually works? Can we even think of anything like that? So a star is born, I'll mm-hmm. say. Yeah. That one's yeah. been remade a shit ton and every time it seems to get not every time, but uh, a few of the times it's more popular than its previous iteration. I mean, that's true. It is sort of fluff, though. I mean, it's not like, I don't. I wouldn't say A Star is Born is like, I mean, it is true that it was successfully remade and people seem to like it, but. I was about to say, that's the qualifier here, right? <laughs> it's like, it's is a, it good? It's a remake that was more successful than its predecessor. I mean, uh, yeah, if we're, if yeah, we're going Yeah, I would say by, that, like... that it was actually better as far as quality is concerned. Maybe not just money and... Um, yeah, but like actually better than the original. Yeah. I still stand um, by my first one, but I have more now that I okay, have a list let's Okay, let's roll, roll them out. <laughs> T- give us your list, Ian. Uh, uh, the Thing, 1982, is a remake of a creature feature from the 1950s, The Thing from Another World. Uh, okay, actually, uh, point of order. They aren't a full remake. They're actually both of them adapted from a... Uh, a short story called Who Goes There? Um, they, it, the thing is not actually a real remake of it. They are both pulled from the same source material, but they are different. And I only know this because I'm obsessed with that movie. Well, the invalidated then. Next next thing. Not <laughs> the next? thing. After that, we have The Fly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 All yeah. right. We've got uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Which has been remade like eight hundred thousand billion times but if it hey do you want the list or do you not want the list should i scrap the list no keep going keep going <laughs> hey i'm allowed to comment on your list it's not like you wrote it ian come on i didn't i didn't <laughs> <laughs> i have no personal stakes in this list uh apparently the last of the mohicans is an adaptation the 92 mm. film Oh, really? Uh, it says that it is an adaptation of George B. Seitz's 1936 original movie. <laughs> it's also based off of uh, apparently a classic novel by James Fenimore Cooper. So there is also that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey is based on a 1963 film, which was based on a novel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that is, I mean, yeah. Case closed, everybody. Homeward Bound. Yeah, that's it. That's a that's wrap. That's it. That's so, the one. So yeah, maybe it is just too hard. Um, I'm not saying know. I'm not saying it's too hard in like a naysaying kind of way. I'm just saying like anyone who took that on would have to be willing to never ever work again because 
because people, <laughs> if they didn't, because the only way it could be viewed as successful was if it was somehow better than, quote unquote, the greatest movie of all time, which is mm-hmm. like, that's a tall motherfucking order. Like, God damn. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think oh, it's boy. I, it's worth it's worth playing in the sandbox for, right? It's worth like thinking about. But yeah, I, I, but here's the thing: I'm pretty sure like the people who own the rights to uh, Citizen Kane are also on board and don't want it to be done. So oh yeah, there apparently There's have been no thoughts. Way. There have been thoughts of uh, uh, rebooting it already, of course, because of course. Um, but there's like legal battles that, ta- that are taking place right now and then it looks like mm. the, wh- whoever has the rights now is um kind of winning that battle so we probably won't be able to get it until 2041 so or maybe not i that found long. a better list okay <laughs> okay okay what you found a better list than the one that that oceans read? 11 yes okay good true lies Really? The Departed. The Departed's a remake? The Departed is a remake based off of a, a, a I want to say it's a Chinatown film. That China, uh, excuse me, Jesus Christ. I need to snipe. I was, I was like. Fuck, I said <laughs> Chinatown because I was thinking like the fucking like, movie like Chinatown. Chinatown. I was like, I was yeah. like, The Departed is not a remake of Chinatown. What the fuck are you saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a remake of uh I want to say it's a Hong Kong movie. Hold on. It is. It's a, a 2002 film called Infernal Affairs. Uh, oh. that's, that's supposed to be pretty good, but The Departed uh, apparently just holds a better rating in general. And I haven't seen Infernal Affairs, so I can't comment, but The Departed is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, a good one. Yeah, it's your Christmas movie. It's my Thanksgiving movie. Thanksgiving. Close. My apologies. Mm. Not at all. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, apparently... Everyone keeps saying Maltese Falcon. Like, apparently the remake in 41 was the remake of another movie. I don't know if that's true. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978 version. Yeah, Mm. that one I knew. Starring Donald Sutherland. So it can be done. It can it's be done. It's not the, easy. The question but is... But you're right. None of them are the, the greatest film of I, all I time. And that's the right. thing is like, yeah, what is the, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original one, like... Where does that stand on Rotten Tomatoes versus Citizen Kane? It can be done. It, you can remake movies. Otherwise, we wouldn't fucking have the segment. We would just say, what do you do for the remake? Nothing. And then we would rate it. But <laughs> like, sure. it's just like, I feel like Citizen Kane has like a special caveat because it is, and it's not because you couldn't do it. It's because people... Like, it just holds such weight in the mm-hmm. court of public opinion as, like, you know, in, in the academic spheres, in the, you know, in, like, just, it's just one of those things where, like, you just hear it. Everyone's just like, as you said last time, Ben, everyone's just like, Citizen Kane, Citizen Kane. Everyone talks about Citizen Kane because it's a really good movie. Like, actually. Yeah. Uh, Turns Nat out King it's a pretty good this. movie. Yeah. Nat King Cole was in this movie, too. I didn't really. That's. Oh, shit. Yeah. He's he's listed. Um, I guess he was, Who was in this was movie. Singer. Nat, Nat King, King Cole. Cole. Oh, shit. That's pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. They do go to some, like, restaurant place, right? And he's, they're like. They go to he, they go to at least one club where they have, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. a I little. Uh, I think he's singing. I didn't even realize that. I didn't even know. Like, that's interesting. <laughs> so interesting. Okay. Uh, with that being said, should we move on to the rating? I think it's time to rate this movie. Okay. Yeah. God. Cool. Must watch. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, dude. Okay. I used to hate Citizen Kane. I genuinely, I used to not like Citizen Kane. I thought it was overrated. I thought it was bad. I didn't appreciate it. I didn't get it. And then I watched Mank and it put some things in perspective for me. And then I watched it again. And this time around, I paid attention to the the cinematography more. And I paid attention to his acting and the makeup and the lighting. And then with the context of that, knowing that this was essentially a political hit piece against one of the most powerful men in America. Yeah, it's a fucking must watch, man. It's a must watch. It's really good. Even if it's not your cup of tea in terms of, you know, even if you're like, I don't like character pieces. I don't like old black and white movies. You can't not have seen Citizen Kane. At the very least, to save yourself the obnoxious one of us who will say it to you at a party. Like, oh, man, you haven't you seen it. You haven't seen, I, you I, gotta I see it, but... Citizen Kane, man. Well, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll mm-hmm. feel bad because I'm an asshole, but. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You're a fucking delight and you know it. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a must watch okay. for me. I mean, hands hands fucking up. Hands fucking up. All right, I'll go next. Go um, ahead, Ben. Is yeah. it? Is it? Do I think it's the best movie of all time? I'm gonna be honest with you. No, I don't think it's the best movie of all time. Do I think it's one of the best movies of all time? You goddamn right. It's definitely a top five for me. And this also could be like a personal thing. Top five, top ten, easily. Citizen Kane. Um, also, I have to acknowledge these motherfuckers are doing something that no one was doing. Also, they still refuse to do today. <laughs> um, hmm. it's a must-watch, right? It's not for everybody, but I don't. Get, I really don't care. It's one of those instances where you just gotta watch Citizen. You gotta Kane. see it Citizen is, Kane. You gotta. So, it, and you might not to, like it to, at the end of the day, but it is. It is honestly, it's a. It's a must-watch because also, yeah, and, like, and, you will find yourself liking it as you go. Yeah, yeah. And and to those mm-hmm. folks who have seen it and said, like, man, I really just couldn't get into it. I get it. Give it a few years. Try yeah. it again mm-hmm. in a little bit, because that's what I did, and I was blown away. Uh, uh, I, I will say this: we watched it alone just for Orson Welles' performance. If you, if you, mm, if you just person who likes, yeah, yeah, he's he's great. It's a revelation. So in our in some of our previous stuff, we talked about how we need to stop talking about, or or rather, uh, not stop educating, but uh, be more thoughtfully educating uh, folks in film class if they want to touch on whatever contributions harmful films like uh, Birth of a Nation have made to the art of cinema. Uh, This film, they should be teaching it like a wholesale cloth. Like you should teach this film with as much freeness as you can. Like I I, I don't see why we don't use this instead of the other, you know? Well, I will Uh, say, I think most people don't use, I think most people at this point probably don't actually use Birth of a Nation because at this point you'll get sued. Um, I really hope so. I hope they so were too. still using it when I was uh, of the age to be in those classes. Yeah. Um, I will say at NYU, they they talked about it in like a yeah, yeah. And also like, yes, this is, you know, but like this film, right, has brilliant cinematography, brilliant staging, brilliant lighting, brilliant acting, really good makeup, uh, really good editing, a really good script. Really good, right? Like, it's it's a good movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite movie of all time. And I'm mm-hmm. not even sure I would say it's the best movie of all time. But, mm-hmm. like, as as you said, Ben, goddamn, it's one of them. Like, yeah. fucking I'd be a fool down. to sit, here, sit up here and say, yeah, it's not any close. That's, no. <laughs> I'm not that foolish. 
All right. <laughs> you know, I have my taste, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I I have eyes too. So uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I have whole eyes and ears. All right, Ian. What what you got? Yeah, you it's already? a must watch for me oh, okay. as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think whether you like movies or or not, like give it a try. And again, if you if you feel lukewarm on it. Get a little context on it. Give it another try a few years later. You might be pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You you might be. Um, it's just it's it's also the messaging is timeless. It's, mm, it's the chef's yeah. good, good shit. Yeah, yeah. which is something well. I didn't pick up on last time. I, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. like. I didn't get the actual social critique last few mm-hmm. times I watched it, and this time it hit home. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just because it's been a long four years. Two weeks since <laughs> you liked me. Damn you, damn it, it's just out of me. Sorry, you said it's Ben, and I just wanted to pick up. Oh, God. All right, with that being said, um, I'm going to go ahead and close you out. Um, I actually have a movie for us to watch, and I'm going to tell you this. I'm springing this up on you guys, but I think we all can be in agreement here. So next month is Black History Month. Obviously, I think it's important for us to do Black Voices um, in that month. However, since February is way too short a month for any history month i want us to get it started in the first the last week of january if you guys don't mind also because i just saw a phenomenal movie on amazon prime that i think we we would be remiss if we did not immediately review this film um i'm gonna bury the lead it's really fucking it's probably my favorite movie of this year uh one night in miami directed by regina king um, I, uh, we're going to review that. I'm putting my foot <laughs> down. Main executive. Right. We're reviewing this fucking movie because it is so good. Um, yeah. Uh, with that being said, how, how do you guys feel yeah, about think, that? Yeah. I let's mean, I don't do think in either of us. Yeah. yeah would even yeah, yeah. want to. No, fight how dare you? Great. <laughs> Dude, if I, if I can call, if I can call an emergency session in which we record a thing for his house, I think you're allowed Right, <laughs> <laughs> which is also very fucking fantastic. One of the one of the better movies that I've did that come out this year or did it come out last year? His house. I think it came out in twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, but okay. like still one of the best movies I've seen this year. It did it, his it house came out, out in twenty twenty? It did. Oh, it came okay. out twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Very yeah. very good stuff. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, Matt. Tell me, what are you doing? How do people can get in contact with you? And what is fuck it? Let's just. I don't know if we've done. I don't think we've done this. What is a classic movie that you think is absolutely overrated? Mm, all right, uh, my name is Matt Frost. You can find me on Facebook as Matt Frost. You can find me on Instagram as Spider and B, like the tattoos on my arm. My website is mattfrost.media, and my email address is mfrostcreative at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter, where I tweet every now and then at mfrost creative i am a writer a sound designer uh director lots of other things uh we have a actual play podcast coming out uh soon we're about to do the first recording for that hopefully beginning of next week that's my goal and from there it's going to be editing and writing music and sound design for that that i'm really excited about and uh, I can't wait. It's called Astronautica, and it's going to be uh, amazing. It's a it's a mm. sci fi thing. It's about the building of the transcontinental railroad. It's there's it's going to be great. I'm so excited to share that with yeah. everybody. I'm so fucking thrilled. Um, 
And yeah, so that's sort of what I've got going on apart from my general writing and sound design stuff that I do outside of that. And uh, yeah, a classic movie that I think is overrated. So I'm actually going to say this. I'm, this is not going to be a black and white movie, but uh, this is a movie that uh, people seem to revere and I've never understood why. I fucking hate A Christmas Story. Mm. I hate that movie with all my heart. I think it is bleak. Oh, yeah. I think it's mm. fucking, I think it has a rancid core. I hate it. I think mm. it is, I just cannot get over how much that movie has swindled people into thinking that it is a good holiday movie. I mm. fucking hate that movie at me. I'll fight you. I hate it <laughs> so much. There is nothing you can say that will convince me that it's good. Nothing. Beautiful. Come get him. <laughs> Come get him. I have no get thoughts on that movie. I fucking yeah. hate that movie. All right, Ian, tell the people who you are, what you're up to, uh, how they can get in touch with you, and... Why don't you tell the people what is a uh, what is a classic film that you feel gets sort of overlooked? Mm. Ooh. Uh, okay, that's that's a good one. Um, hey, folks. My name is Ian Gabriel Gonzalez Muntiner. You can find me on Facebook as Ian Muntiner. You can find me on Instagram as Socked Ninja Eight Eight Eight, and you can find me on Twitter as Sir Yikes a Lot at Baby Got Knack. And a classic film that I think gets looked overlooked just just a tad by by its peers goodness um i'm not entirely sure if it counts as classic uh oh no i know one i know one now thank you uh editorial rotten tomatoes for reminding me of city of god i think it is one of the most compelling uh uh rich uh, albeit uh, very male-centric uh, uh, stories from the uh, early aughts of the 2000s, and I I always mention it, and there's like a 7 to 8 out of 10 chance that no one's ever heard of it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Or if they've, if they've heard of it, they've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just rewatched it again recently, and it reinforced in my mind, like, holy fuck, this is like as good, if not better, than like Goodfellas or 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 any pick any of the other sort of mafioso, uh, uh, staples or tent poles that we have in the American lexicon. City of God, I think, is just so well done and so rich and so human. It's so poetic too. It feels it feels very much like an odyssey by the end of everything. Um, so that's my that's my overlooked classic film. I don't know if two thousand three uh, constitutes as a classic age, but I'm counting it. Well, that's <laughs> what you that's what you got, and you're sticking with it. So. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ben. Yep. Who are you, my friend? Where can people find you? And uh, what is what's a classic film that you think? everybody should have to see okay um yeah uh, that's a good one um hi y'all i'm ben uh <laughs> hi ben you can, hey you can find me on facebook at benjamin timothy jenkins you can find me on instagram at benvolio91 you can also find me on twitter at benny and the jets just with three b's and if you want to hire a brother please go to my website benjamintimothyjenkins.com i'll try to hit you up please i'm looking for work always 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 um and a movie that i think people should watch a classic movie that people should watch oh my god um this is a good one. Oh, 
God, Ben, I, I've got several in my brain, but I can't land on one. I know how it goes. Um, I'll say this. You should probably watch Boys in the Hood. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a classic film. Oh, and our New Jack City. Um, and these are black classic films that, um, for many reasons, sometimes get overlooked uh, in the um, catalog of, of, of great uh, cinema. And that's definitely one of those because that really kind of started the genre of uh, black uh, gangster films. So it's called uh, hood films at the time. And it's really, it's, it's fucking heartbreaking. <laughs> mm. It's, it's so good. Especially that ending. It's just like, oh, fuck. Um, yeah, it's one of the, one of the best movies ever made. Um, like at least top 150. Um, and I think you should definitely watch it. New Jack yes. City appears to be on Amazon Prime for any listeners who are interested in yeah, watch New, New Jack. It's also no great. Kid. It's also great. Um, it's probably I don't know how well this is aged. I haven't seen those two in the, in a while, but they're very good movies. Um, uh, Hell yeah. yeah! And maybe yeah, even higher learning. I have three. I, I you gave me. I give you three. I get <laughs> three black films. Kind of give us the flavor of um uh, of what we're gonna do next week and the month coming. Um, to celebrate these black voices. Oh, and uh, yeah, happy Martin Luther King Day. Um, we This is going to be out <laughs> after uh, Martin Luther King, but this the week, you know, um, the man meant a lot. Um, please research all of his quotes because he wasn't not all about just kumbaya. He was, uh, mm. he preached peace, but he was not peaceful. The whole act of protesting is to disturb the peace. Um, you gotta, we gotta understand that. And uh, so um, he preached nonviolence, but that doesn't mean he wasn't violent, or at least defended himself. So there's also more information on that too. Just please research before you quote MLK, especially in times like these. But uh, it is good to be where we are. We have a shit ton more work to do. Um, I, I feel as if we've gone back 25, 30 years with the last four years are yeah. what almost seemed like four millennia uh, ago. Oh, God, I've, I've probably aged terribly. I think we all have collectively. <laughs> yeah. Just like we, yeah. Ugh, Jesus, fuck. Uh, well, that's over. So happy inauguration day. I'd say history is the one we're recording this. Probably it will come out after um, the inauguration, the day after. But yay, it's, it's great. Now we get to push Biden to do more progressive legislation, but at least he seems like he's willing to listen, um, and let's just keep moving forward. Um, and I don't have to bring this up that much. I will, something is important about politics, because I don't want to have this in a vacuum. I just don't. This is not what this is about. We can, we can, we can walk and chew gum at the same fucking time, guys. Um, I just want to keep you guys informed um, and everything like that, but we don't have to worry about fucking ridiculousness so much. So I can, we can focus a little bit more on these movies. Um, yay! yay! This is the podcast that we start. Oh, movie podcast. We can focus. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not saying lighten up. I'm not saying don't resist. <laughs> but I'm saying it's a little weight off our collective shoulders as American citizens. Um, with that being said, y'all. Oh I, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like fucking Frodo at the end of the Return of the King. Just like oh, it's dude. gone. <laughs> It's yeah, done. It's done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's been seriously just it's been a lot. Burnt and fucked up and just like lying on the edge of a volcano, just being like, fuck. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> shit. Yeah, but that's oh. like it's like if you were Frodo and you and you were finally done, but some of the hobbits were like, yo, Sarah. We still have to fucking shot the Shireton. We still have to rebuild the shit. Well, yeah, but this, right, is, yeah. this is actually I 
I this is I know like I'm just gonna nerd out for a second. Uh, in the book, in the books of the Lord of the Rings, after they defeat Sauron and return home, there is a chapter called the Scouring of the Shire because what they discover when they return home is that Saruman has come to the Shire and has overrun it and has mm. put his his nasty old stank on all of that and mm. and that was. Tolkien's sort of admonition that, like, the great evil once defeated can still linger if you do mm. not strike all of it out and go. things can Look. fester mm. in seemingly peaceful places. In seemingly peaceful places. Exactly. You, you killed it, but, like, half of the fucking hobbits are like, yo, but, like, that rule was dope as hell, though. Like, let's run that back. Bring it back. <laughs> like, you just defeated it. Yep. Oh God! I, we gotta I, scour I, the Shire. I, you scour the Shire. You got to. You got to. You got to kill it with fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right, guys. I know it's a lot of fucking movies out there. Um, a lot of things that you guys are trying to do. You're like, oh, it's the inauguration. I'm going to cut it up and get lit this whole week. Um, be like, oh, but we still got to resist. We got to do all these things. Like, oh, Ben, it's a new year. Like, oh, we're gonna be making stimulus. We get money. I don't know. You wanted me to rip these movies. You wanted us to watch this. And I don't know. It's a lot of stuff going on, and I don't know why I'm sounding like Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, but <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but with that being said, y'all, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, cause Matt. Ian and myself, we got you because we're too many flicks and we watch all the flicks. So that you don't have to. Now, what's the deal with all these romantic comedies? Am I right? Have you ever noticed just exactly how, like, this new trend with movies where, you know, they want the women to be people? Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in again to another installment of Stream Theory. We really hope you are enjoying these, we really love making them for you. We know that we have changed up the segments and structure of the episodes a little bit. We would be so curious to hear your feedback. Also, maybe we haven't covered something that we should cover, or we just haven't talked about something, or you disagree with some of our opinions in these Stream Theories. Whatever the case, however you want to reach out and interact with us, you can do so on our social media pages. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Too Many Flicks with the number two at the beginning and an X at the end. You can also find us at our Gmail account, which is toomanyflicks.chicago at gmail.com. We are also working on revamping the Patreon, getting a bunch of cool new fun ideas and merch and rewards up there for the people who do help us out over there a huge shout out to you all you're fantastic especially natalie cole who has been there since nearly day one all of you mean the world to us and thank you for your support there but we recognize that these are crazy times so not everyone can support financially doing something like commenting or liking or subscribing on whatever platform you're tuning in on means its weight in gold to small podcasts like us and finally we know that it is an absolute madhouse out there and there are so many more important things that require your attention at this time. We just hope that we can provide you with a little reprieve, a little solace from the madness that has become our world, because it certainly functions as that for us. And we're happy to share that. We just want to finish by saying it's crazy out there. We understand. Please wear your masks. 
please wash your hands, Black Lives Matter, and stay safe. We love you.